is going on, everybody? I am Trey Camberling here with Scott Barrett. And today we have a special guest. Uh, you're going to hear from him in a little bit. It is Chris Rodriguez, running back of the Washington Commanders. And Scott and I both, Scott can speak more to it, but we both kind of think that Chris is going to have a real role this year. And, and both of us are a little bit higher on him than than maybe the consensus is. So, Scott, thanks for thanks for hopping on, filling in for for Joe Dolan, the legend, uh, doing the franchise focus uh, the last month. Uh, he's been putting out content like nobody's business. Uh, but, Scott, what do you think of the interview and and what do you think of Chris in general? Yeah, I, I thought the interview went great. We all had a really good time, learned some new, interesting stuff. And like, this is a player I, I've been really high on all offseason. Like, you remember from my post draft press conference podcast, uh, he was the guy I lead it off with because, you know, no one else is talking about it, but it, it's clear Washington was a lot higher on him than everyone else, round three grades, and apparently had a clearly defined role in mind for him in year one. That's exactly what we're hearing. You know, day three of camp just two days ago, uh, quote unquote, Chris Rodriguez took a lot of first team reps today, may see a good bit of action this season. And yeah, I think he's viable as a last round best ball pick. But for Dynasty, he's he's a player on all over because have him in a ton of leagues because one, he's he's super cheap too. I, I thought the prospect profile was really good. And three, uh, he was handpicked by this new Eric B enemy regime and and that matters. And like they, they have a role in mind for him. So uh, yeah, I thought this was a great interview and I, I think this one's going to be uh fantasy actual, if not this year, maybe, maybe next year for sure. Yeah. And, and at the time, you know, uh, a month or so ago when we were putting out some of that uh, Chris Rodriguez information, he was, he was practically free uh, in dynasty leagues. I know I, I picked him up off waivers right after our rookie draft. Uh, maybe not the case uh, anymore, but definitely a, a dynasty target. If, if you're a dynasty manager out there, uh, look and see what the deal is. But yeah, without further ado, here is Washington Commanders running back Chris Rodriguez. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's Trey Camberling here, fantasypoints.com, joined by Scott Barrett and Chris Rodriguez of the Washington Commanders. Chris, really excited to have you, and uh, and I know Scott's super excited to talk to you. He's got some uh, some stats for you, and he's ready to hype you up a little bit. But first things first, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, I'm in camp right now, but uh, you know, making it through, taking care of my body, taking care of everything else, on and off the field, honestly. But um, yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, I was telling you before we uh, began that this is a friendly podcast. I'm a massive fan of yours. I've been hyping you up all off season prior to the draft. And now I've got you on like every single one of my dynasty teams, which means like you're on my team for life. So long as I don't trade you, I'm not going to trade you. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be rooting for your success. But like I, I thought you were extremely underrated as a prospect. Obviously, I love your film. You're one of the most fun players to watch on film. But I'm really a, a numbers guy, an analytics guy, and I have this prospect model. And my model was telling me you were a really high-level talent. So, so here's some of the numbers I'm going to read off to you. 
last year, 75% of your yards came after contact. It's an incredible Mm -hmm. figure. It kind of implies you weren't getting too much help from your offensive line. Uh, A really (laughs) predictive metric is missed tackles forced, you know, forcing Mm -hmm. missed tackles. Here are the top five seasons by missed tackles forced per game. One, Bijan in 2022. Two, Bijan in 2021. Three, Chris Rodriguez in 2022. Four, David Montgomery 2018. Five, David Montgomery 2017. That is what we in the industry call a predictive stat. Uh, Another cool stat I found is that you're one of these running backs like Derrick Henry, who seems to get better as the game goes on. Throughout Mm -hmm. your career, you averaged 8.5 yards per carry in the fourth quarter. The rest of the time, you averaged 5.3. Still a really good number, but 8.5 in the fourth quarter is crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't know about that. Um, I'm honestly shocked about that stat. You're, you're taking a pounding. You're getting tackled out there, but it seems like you're wearing on defenses far more than they're wearing on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was in high school, my coach told me that he he honestly kind of reiterates that all the time he's like you know you get better as the game goes on and I felt like I mean I felt the same way um you know once you get in the game you get you kind of get a feel for it once you start getting on safeties and dbs uh they just you know they don't want to hit you anymore they start taking bad angles or they just rely on the the dudes up front to get it done and uh for me it's just like I go into the same energy of the game that I leave with you know uh, it's just ground and pound all day. You call my number, I'm gonna get the job done whenever, you, whenever. So good conditioning too. You have to imagine good stamina. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Coach, uh, my high school coach, or not high school, my uh, college running back coach, Coach Settle. He would, I mean, dude, it was different. Um, you know, when he got there with Liam Cohen, uh, they started. That was the first time where when we had like uh, inside run period, he was like, "Hey guys." I don't care if we're on the opposite 20, you're finishing to the other end zone on your last run. And when I did it for the first time, I was just like, coach, like, man, I, I can't keep doing this. And he, uh, he was like, dude, if you want to be great, that's how they're going to do it at the next level. And uh, honestly, it, it prepared me um, for the games even more. You know, you expect to have those long runs when they pop up. Like you're tired, but at the same time, you still have that same energy and that same burst that you start with. If, if Eric or Ron are listening right now, listen, this is a guy who gets better the more touches you give him. So so give him those touches. He doesn't need yeah. any breathers. He's got that conditioning. I'm telling him, give me the ball, man. <laughs> one other thing I, I wanted to touch on. So Nikki Javala, one of the beat writers out there in Washington, said the commanders had a round three grade on you. So that's like kind yeah. of insane value for someone who went round six, kind of. Wish you went, uh, you know, round three, but all things happen for a reason. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Ron Rivera said in his post-draft press conference, he said, mm-hmm. you know, the grades we had on him, he was sticking out like a sore thumb. Maybe some people only view him as a two-down back, but we didn't. He also said, this was one of the things Eric Bieniemy wants to do, add another big physical guy. This was a guy Eric was very high on, a player Eric thinks will most certainly have a role for us on the offensive side this year. I was just hoping, could you speak on, on any of those points? One, you know, maybe uh, you could have done more as a receiver in college than you did, mm-hmm. uh, or just what you think uh, Eric has planned for you in year one. Yeah, um, 
in college, I do feel like I could have done more receiver, you know, or slot, wherever they needed me to be. But, um, you know, I never questioned the coaches what they decided to do. I mean, I, I mean, we had Jaton, Cavassier, uh, so they were a little bit quicker than I was. But, I mean, you know, I mean, we could all do pretty much the same thing. They were just, like I said, they're just pretty much quicker. And um, as far as um, EB is, you know, uh, you never know with him. He might put you out somewhere, and he, he believes in everybody. And if he thinks you can get it done, he's going to coach you to get it done. Uh, I think they believe in me and believe in my hands. Uh, I, I, he uh, actually came up to me after one of the, I think it was the rookie uh, mini camp. He said, well, sh- well uh, I mean, to cuss, excuse my language. He's like, well, shit. You catch better than I thought you did. I was like, I mean, I don't know why people didn't think I could catch. I mean, it is what it is, though. I'm just going to keep staying true to myself and keep working, and hopefully one day people realize it. That's important for fantasy. We talked about that before the show. You know, uh, catching passes is a, is a fantasy cheat code. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, what I saw on tape, like, definitely believe you have the capacity to do, you know, just about anything and everything. I feel like I can too, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's always room for improvement. And uh, like I said, stay true to myself and until people believe in me. We can get back into these uh, these questions. So let's start from the beginning. I heard yeah. you were an offensive lineman, a center in middle school. What's what's the story there? Well, so it was in Georgia, you can't play um, middle school football until you're in seventh grade. So prior to that, I was a center. I actually started off playing football like way little. I was a guard. And then when I moved to uh, McDonough, Georgia with my God family, they had me at center. And then right before the game, I ended up breaking my arm. And my older brother, who's a little bit smaller than me, ended up playing. And he had a pretty good, you know, season. So when I came back that next season, they were like, hey, we're going to put you at fullback. This is going into like fifth, sixth grade. They're like, we're going to put you at fullback and, you know, just just go block. I mean, you know how to block. You've been doing it before. And I wasn't really getting a lot of touches. Um, but then I think it was one game in Georgia, you know, mercy rule, you got to change a lot of stuff around so you can't have the same running backs. So they end up putting me at, um, at the tailback. So and then I got the ball and I just – took off running and next thing you know when I get to middle school I took the coach like hey like what position do you put I was like I play running back it's like I'm not playing O line no more I'm about to play running back so then I end up moving to running back and uh had a pretty good season in middle school pretty good few seasons in middle school play a little bit of fullback as well and then high school I just strictly running back and a little bit of defense but you know, yeah Oh, I didn't like it. So coach just kept me on offense. Clearly you were on to something there, uh, uh, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> At Kentucky, obviously, uh, you played with a couple guys uh, that are in the league now. We'll start with Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Big guy, strong arm. What what have you seen from, from Will Levis as you guys have spent time together? And, and how yep. do you think his skills translate to the NFL? When he first got to Kentucky, I knew, one, he looked like a tight end. They're like, hey, that's a new quarterback just came in. And I'm like, which one is few of them like that dude looks like a tight end I mean if you've ever seen or if you know anything about Kentucky football we got a tight end named Brendan Bates Will and Brendan have the same body type there and Brendan plays tight end so I'm thinking Will's a new, a new tight end coming in 
But then you get on the field and, uh, you know, when he first got there, he's telling people like, hey, let's go out and um, let's throw, you know, let's let's go, you know, practice and just get a few balls up. So go out there and you see him throw and you're like, dude, Jesus, dude, one, he, everything is a beam. Like I'm doing check downs and he's beaming the ball and I'm just like, dude, oh my God. So whenever it was the time to like, you know, for the draft and everything, obviously I seen him at the combine. Um, we, we spoke, uh, you know, a, a lot through the process. You know, I thought one, he was one of the top uh, quarterbacks coming off the board. I mean, you know, you would hate to see him drop the way he did, but I mean, I feel like he's he'll have a pretty good season. You know, once his time has come, when when his numbers called, he's he's gonna show up, and it's gonna surprise a lot of people that doubted him. And then you talked about uh, in the pre-interview process about Wandale. Uh, you mm-hmm. guys are you guys are close, little smaller, uh, big play type receiver. A lot of big plays at Kentucky with the Giants now. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you speak on his game and and uh, how you think he's gonna fare in year two? Yeah, so Wandale, he's he's one of those guys. He he works hard. He he'll do whatever it takes to win. You know, I've been around him for two years now, and like I said, we're we're pretty much close. Like we talk every day and if not like, you know, we'll hop on the game and he's like, yo, get on. So we'll play the game pretty much throughout the night. Like if we don't have football in the morning, but yeah, I mean, people kind of, I feel like people kind of sleep on him too, but he's just, he'll, he'll surprise you. Like he's, he's so quick in and out of his cuts. It's just, it was, it was something to see. Like on that Florida game, when we played Florida at home, I was like, there's no way he gets out of this. And the next thing you know, he just he pops out and scores touchdown off the screen. And it's like, all right, yeah, he's actually like that. But, um, yeah, I feel like once he gets back healthy, you know, he's uh, I think he, he got injured last last year. Um, I forgot which game it was. But, yeah, he got injured last year. But he's going to surprise a lot of people this year as well. One thing I know about you, Chris, is that you wore Mar- Marshawn Lynch's jersey number in college. And uh, Marshawn was another player. He was like the missed tackle forced God when he mm-hmm. played for the Seahawks. And like I said, you posted some elite missed tackles numbers. Uh, was he a major influence for you? Any other players who were were big influences, maybe from tape or just from growing up? In high school, Marshawn was the guy for me. Like there was just nobody else that I saw that compared to his run game. And um when I seen him play for the first time, I think it was just, I was just it was before my high school game. I was watching his highlights, and I was just like, "God bless this dude right here is just different." So I kind of tried to model myself after him, and uh, you know, he he said beast mode. My uh, high school coach would when I would come to the sideline, he was like, "Yo, time to level up, time to beast mode." So and then you know, go out there and try to run somebody over. It wasn't. Like I was even looking at the end zone. I was just trying to run somebody over. So, yeah, um, I did start to model my game a lot after him. He is the reason I wear number 24. I actually almost had a chance to work with him while I was in college. Um, he had these pads. It was called Zoom Bang, and he had the beast mode But because um, my coach knew the guy that worked for him. But, yeah, it ended up falling through. So hopefully one day I got to, I get a chance to talk to him or even just train with him one day if he, if he does it still. I don't know if he. I doubt he trains anymore. He doesn't really need to. He's doing his own thing now. But, 
yeah, he is a guy that I kind of that I would say I model my game after, or at least try to. That's a that's a great player to channel when you're on the field if you can. If you could just you know flip a switch and go beast mode, one of the most exciting players to watch of all time. And I do see some Marshawn Lynch to your game with the physicality, the bruising nature, the the missed tackles forced, underrated speed. But right now you're you're operating in a pretty crowded backfield. You got second year running back Brian Robinson, veteran Antonio Gibson. I know I said before Eric Bieniemy apparently has a role for you in, in year one, one that's clearly defined. Uh, can you, can you speak to that at all? Do you have any idea how these, these roles are going to carve out in 2023? Honestly, right now it's, it's hard to tell. Like we pretty much all do everything. It's not like he has one specific player do anything is we all pretty much do it all. And, you know, it's, and it's more than just us three, you know, we got Jay will JP and Alex, who's at fullback right now. We, we pretty much do it all. So as far as like roles are, it's it's hard to tell. I mean, you know, I feel like AG's kind of the scat back switch up. B Rob's kind of the downhill power guy, but again, like they'll surprise you. B Rob, he's quicker than most people would think, and AG is powerful than people would think. Um, for me, I feel like I can fit in any role that coach puts me in. If he calls my number, I'll do it. You, you guys actually have a fourth uh, punishing runner on that team. If you've watched any of Sam Howell's uh, North Carolina tape, yeah. it almost, almost looks like a fullback out there. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. if he'll be able to do that to NFL guys, but uh, what what have you seen from Sam Howell uh, early on in, in your short time together? Yeah, so Sam, I mean, obviously he's with the ones most of the time, and I'm still working my way up the ladder. But um, while I am watching him, I, he, he takes control of the offense, you know, and um, – if he does make a mistake, he's he's learning from it right after practice. Like I'll get in and I'll be about to take a shower and he's sitting there watching film and, you know, just trying to learn from his mistakes, him and, uh, and Jacoby. So, um, yeah, I feel like Sam, he'll have a good year. He um, he works hard. He he'll he can get the job done. Um, and also we, we all trust him. What are your thoughts on this Eric Bieniemy offense as a whole? Uh, what what can we come to expect? How does that offense maybe differ from the one you were in in Kentucky? So it's not it's really not that much different, honestly. If I'm being honest, um, I felt like it was a good transition for me from Kentucky uh, to Washington. Um, when I had Liam there as my OC, and then when I got here, it was pretty much the same same wording. You know, it's all that that West Coast offense, uh, pretty much, I don't want to speak too much on it because I don't want to give any tips out, but, you know, you can expect a lot out of us, especially, you know, having the back anywhere on the field at all all times, have two backs in sometimes. It's, it's a lot, but um, it wasn't it wasn't hard for me to transition over because of Liam and Coach Gangarello, who had, you know, some of the same terms, honestly, it was, it's, it's not, it's not as bad. It wasn't hard to take it in. Trey, did you have any uh, other questions I'm missing? No, I think that's it. Uh, Chris really, really appreciate the time. Uh, you've, you've got two guys here at fantasy points who are really rooting for you. I, my model as well. I, I had you higher than most and apparently the commanders did too. And, and I hope we get to see you uh, on the field quite a bit this year. So uh, thank you so much for joining us and uh, best of luck this season. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. 
Thanks again to Chris Rodriguez for joining the show. This has been episode three of the Fantasy Points podcast. Uh, episode four, we've we've got some names in mind working towards it. Nothing to announce officially yet. Uh, but yeah, probably the most fantasy relevant player we've had on the show. Although with the Jonathan Taylor news, maybe Zach Moss uh, will be back in the mix there in Indianapolis. But I'm Trey Camberling for Scott Barrett. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you again next time.